0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Call a Safe Point, but not for me, a podcast where two two close friends sit down and chat about the video games they love. I am your co-host, Tully Hodgkinson.
1: And I'm your co-host, Declan Vervancour. Uh,
0: And so you might be wondering what this podcast is about, given that it's the first episode. So the point of this show is to kind of use it as an excuse to maybe play games that either of us haven't necessarily played before. Um, usually what we'll do is one person will pick a game for a week, ideally that the other host hasn't played before, uh, which is kind of the theme of this episode. Uh, this episode, we are going to talk about the Elder Scrolls five Skyrim, a game that I am, I'm very fond of. Uh, and as, I just, dislike... as I'm aware, yeah, De- Declan is not, um, But I think we'll kind of start this episode going into what, like, my history with this game is. So my history with the game is I remember when the Game Informer article came out about it in 2011, and I was kind of reading through it, and my dad showed it to me, and he was like, oh, this might be something you'd like. And I thought it looked so dumb. I thought it was, like, just not interesting at all, something I would not get into. And then I played it when it came out, and it has basically been my favorite video game of all time ever since. Uh, I do a playthrough every couple of years and just kind of try to explore new things and do all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, but I am curious to know, Declan, what your history with the game is.
1: Um, okay, so my history with The Elder Scrolls, I'll say, is uh, I watched my uncle when I was really young play um, The Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion, which for some reason is one of my favorite games of all time in contrast to skyrim um and uh, i picked it up i I picked up oblivion and i loved it it was amazing and then i was really excited for skyrim because i was like oh a new ultra skills game it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool and uh stat heavy rpg like oblivion which it kind of is but it's got a lot of different mechanics um so mm-hmm. I jumped into Skyrim thinking it's gonna be like blowing my mind, and I was just kind of uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, disappointed. It was underwhelming mm-hmm. to me. I like the combat, but I don't know. Um, so I tried playing it on and off for the past like six years, <laughs> and uh, I still, even now that i tried to play it for the podcast i still could not bring myself to beat it or play more than 10 hours before i decided to throw it out it's like i literally how far into the main
0: how far into the main story did you get before you decided to give up
1: um in the playthrough that i did for the podcast i played up until um retrieving the elder scroll um down in those uh dwarven ruins um and, yep, and uh black reach yeah and that is the farthest i've gotten ever that's the farthest you've gotten ever
0: that's not very far that's maybe like the halfway point i'd say
1: yeah um but i have done the thieves guild quest all the way through and the dark brother quest all the all the way through in separate playthroughs that's as far as i've mm-hmm. done on those though i
0: think the thing about skyrim is Everyone who is a fan of Skyrim is very well the very well aware of the fact that the main story is incredibly boring and uninteresting, and all the like fun bits of the game are the stuff that you said you played through. So like the Thieves Guild, the the College of Winterhold, the Dark Brotherhood, yep. Yep. the companions, like all the side quests and like the DLC stuff. That's where like the the bones of the game are. That's where all the fun stuff is. But the main story is just a drag
1: yeah um but i mean it wasn't terrible but it was like mind numbing and like Mm -hmm. just it was all it was like just hack and slash kind of except minus the cool combos like you'd see in like devil may cry or something like that Mm -hmm. in my opinion i think i kind of agree yeah
0: I think the the theme that I've kind of noticed for Elder Scrolls games is it's like, if you didn't grow up with the game, then you're going to, there's a, a high like likelihood that you just kind of bounce off of it pretty hard. Because I kind of have the same issue I do with Oblivion, where you were always trying to get me to play it because it's a game that you grew up with and you love it. But when I play it, I just, I bounce off of that game crazy hard. I cannot get into it. Yeah. It is so uninteresting to me and i it's kind of it was always funny for you, you to sit down and play skyrim and be like dude i just can't do it and i'm like i kind of get it cuz i have the exact same reaction with oblivion as you do with skyrim
1: right and i'm sure that if i went back and tried to play oblivion right now i probably i probably uh stop midway through but i don't know i think it's just you know heavy, heavy nostalgia there mhm it's like you're saying cuz i mean even
0: even in this playthrough, I kind of noticed, like, I I like I like the more I play it as the years go by, the more I kind of realize the flaws with it. And yeah. I think that's any person who's a fan of Skyrim, is you kind of realize, like, as games advance and go on, that there just isn't anything super special about Skyrim anymore, because everything that it did well in 2011 has been done better in the 10 years since. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a little sad to know, like, oh, this game is crazy outdated now and a lot of the systems it implements aren't very good anymore in this sense. But I, it, it's fun to, to just kind of sit down and, and play. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I have a similar relationship, real quick, with uh, Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 4. Like, I like Fallout New Vegas, but mm-hmm. I don't like 4. It's weird.
0: I think Bethesda games are just kind of like that in general, though, where a lot of the older ones are kind of hard to go back through, but a lot of the more recent ones are just kind of boring and uninteresting. Yeah, I can agree there. Uh, I'm kind of curious to know, like, do you know what about Skyrim it is that you just don't like?
1: Um, There are a lot of things that I don't like. Um, number one, heavily, is the, all of the characters every single one mm-hmm. there are no interesting characters they all have the same washed fucking like dark piece of shit edgy attitude that i hate and mm-hmm. like a- another thing is the uh the voice acting everyone has the same voice actor it was it was the same in oblivion but in oblivion they like did crazy accents, like all these guys, so you could kind of tell it's the same person, but they, like, were completely different with their, like, um voice variety. But in this one, you can definitely mm-hmm. tell that, the, like, the people are, like, the same, you know? Like, they have the same voice mm-hmm. for no yeah, reason. The,
0: the voice actors are easily my least favorite part of this game, just because there's so little variety.
1: That, and I'd argue that the voice acting is not good at all like it's like they don't have any emotion they're just reading the lines you know mm-hmm. like uh i think some of that is true but i think like there are some interesting
0: characters just not many like i think cicero is really cool
1: yeah cicero's His cool. voice actor is fun but he's on and... the main story you'd have to go out of your way to get to it that's true <laughs> but like uh, I don't know the voice actor's name, but the guy who plays, like, Dirge in the Thieves Guild and, like, um, just a bunch of other people. I, I can't think of any other people off the top of my head because I just don't remember and I don't care enough to know their names. Um, but they mm-hmm. are so, he's so, like, the dude with the grumbly voice, right? He just, yeah. like, he reads his lines and that's it. He has no emotion behind it. And I'm like, what the hell's going mm-hmm. on? It's, it's very awkward. Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: you can kind of tell, like, when they do bring in a voice actor or someone does a voice that is different from everyone else, it sticks out like a sore thumb yeah. just because all of the, like, male characters have the same four or five voice actors. All of the female characters have the same four or five voice actors. And then there are, like, two or three characters in the that, that they got, like, somebody to do something interesting with.
1: Um, another thing I dislike is the world map overall everything like sucks to get to so I'm constantly like hopping on the carriage with Bjorn Lam, or however you say his name and, Yeah. and I'm just like fast traveling everywhere and trying to like optimize my way through because you don't know where there's going to be a hill you can't walk up and mm-hmm. that sucks in my opinion like... I actually
0: kind of disagree with you there. I think the I think the map is one of my favorite parts of the game. I think one of my favorite things to do in this game is to just kind of discover a bunch of new locations. I mean I've been playing this game for the better part of 10 years, and there were locations in this last playthrough that I've never discovered before. So I think one of the things Skyrim does well is the exploration. And yeah, it does kind of give you like little cheatsy ways to kind of get from place to place, but I think that actually aids it more than it hinders it.
1: Yeah, I can, I can see where you're coming from with that. I just I don't know if I can agree that the map is good in any regard, because as a kid playing the game, fresh off of Oblivion or whatever, which isn't really that important. Um, But I couldn't get to the Greybeards, and so that's why I did all the other quests, because I didn't know how to climb the mountain. Like, they said to go to this place, and then I would just, like, um, walk, and I couldn't figure out the way, and i get stuck. And, um, maybe it's just because it's an adult game, and I was playing it, and I was like 13 years old. And, like my brain capacity wasn't amazing. But like I that was gonna was say accessible to me. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say I think that's more just the issue of us being kids, because I remember when the game first came out, I had that issue as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't beat the main story until maybe five or six years after the game came out because my little dumb pea brain kid brain was it just couldn't wrap its head around how to get to the up the mountain into the Graybeards, so I would just do all the interesting side quest stuff first. Mm-hmm. So I think that's more just an issue with us being dumb kids than it is the game's fault, because the game does kind of telegraph it for you pretty well.
1: Yeah, so I guess I can't really fault it for that, but just like I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. I get I get what you're saying though.
1: Yeah um i I don't really want to just rag and rag about how the game sucks for like an hour but i i'll so i'll try and condense it into a couple more points instead of like really raking through it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but like i want to touch on the dungeons and how terrible those are because they're all the same in my opinion um Mm -hmm. or well I should say that they all look and feel the same because you'll go into a random mine shaft that they're having you go to. It'll turn into a um, dwarven ruins, which will turn into um, Falmer camps. And then Mm -hmm. you'll get to the bottom and there'll be um, some dragon power word for you to learn. And uh, that is like the recipe for every single one. And it gets real boring real quick.
0: I do kind of agree with you there. I think there are some uh, ones that are interesting. Like, I generally tend to bounce off of the Dwarven Ruins pretty hard, just because they're all kind of the same ordeal. But I think Mzulfed and uh, added to that Blackreach are super interesting areas of the game, if you sit down and really explore them. Uh, but I think the game does kind of run into the issue just in general, not even with its dungeons necessarily, but... Uh, just reusing a lot of the same shit. Like, a lot of the Draugr areas are all, like, the same. There are very few original puzzles in the game. They're all, like, this weird, you rotate a column that has a bunch of pictures of animals on it to match with the pictures of animals on the wall type shit.
1: Um. Yeah, like, what the fuck is up with (laughs)
0: that, you know? The problem (laughs) is... All of the interesting stuff in the game is hidden behind its DLC. The DLC stuff is easily my favorite part of the game, but you do kind of feel like, at least for me, I'm the kind of person who likes to play through all the main stuff before they play the DLC. And if you're also someone like that, it does kind of mm-hmm. suck to like sit through all of the main game storyline stuff. And then if you just kind of quit after that, you're missing out on some pretty solid DLC areas.
1: Yeah, I uh, I never even touched the DLC because I I couldn't get to it because I'm I kind of have the same mindset like the DLC is supposed to come after the main game you know. So I can't really touch yeah. any of that, and I stuff, can't necessarily fault you for that. Unfortunately, uh, um, another thing is the quests. So like, um, I hate to beat a dead horse, but coming back to Oblivion, it feels like they had a lot more. Um, fun with the game a lot more fun with the quests and then you took a look at skyrim and you well to me it has a lot less life and like there are a lot of serious quests you're doing a bunch of like real stuff like you're fighting other people's wars and stuff um where it was kind of like fucking around in oblivion and i think that's why i like that um over that but that's besides the point. Like, I'm sure if um, I didn't have as high f- expectations for Skyrim, it would be a fine game and I'd be able to beat it or whatever. But it's just, it was such a huge letdown mm-hmm. for me. And especially in that regard, like, the quest is like the meat of the this game. This is
0: another know? thing I kind of have to disagree with you on.
1: I think there are a lot of super interesting
0: quests. Um, one of my favorite ones to do is basically any of the, the Daedric artifact quests, those are all incredibly interesting in this game. Uh but one or two that stick out to me are um the one with Sang Sanguine or something like that. Uh but it the way the quest starts is a random encounter where you just talk to this guy at any of like the inns or taverns in the game and he'll just like randomly show up and then you get into a drinking game And you end up drinking so much that you basically black out and it turns into this, like, you have to retrace your steps to try and figure out where the parts for the staff are that you're trying to get. And then you realize at the end of the quest, like, oh, this is a a Daedric Prince, like, who was just kind of fucking with me to have some fun um or even the shayagorath uh daedra quest is super fun uh you're basically like in this guy's mind trying to help him work through his insecurities in like a fun and interesting way with the Wabajack. uh and then at the end Shea Gorath is like you know you did a pretty good job here's the staff uh i think the game has a lot of interesting quests and i think you could kind of levy that argument against any rpg like they're are just kind of a lot of side quests and main quests that are just kind of dumb bullshit that nobody really cares about. Um, but it does kind of suck that in a lot of RPGs, maybe not even specific to Skyrim, that you do kind of have to slog through some of these areas and these quests to get to the fun
1: stuff. And uh, I can definitely agree there are good quests in Skyrim. There are ones that I've had a lot of fun with, like the Nightingale one. Um any of the dark brotherhood quests were fun um the hotting brew meadery was fun like poisoning a bunch of or yeah poisoning the mead was fun um all the danger quests i i have experienced them they are fun but my point being is that there are a lot of dog shit quests overshadowing the really good mm-hmm. quests and I, f- I feel like there's not, like, a real balance. So I-, I can agree that there are good quests, and I really do enjoy some of these quests. It's just, like, the weight of a scale, mm-hmm. you know what I mean?
0: Uh, One thing I do kind of want to touch on that we maybe didn't necessarily get to experience in either of our playthroughs, that part of the reason why this game has had the longevity as it has is because the modding community in this game is on fucking believably crazy. Like you can basically destroy this game and make it something that it just isn't and restructure it from the ground up because of how well the modding tools are for this game. Uh, So I think had that not occurred, I think had Skyrim's modding tools or the community just wasn't up for it, had none of that occurred, I don't think this game would be the staple that it is.
1: Um, there are some insane mods for Skyrim that I've gone through. Crazy um, shit. Just because I thought the main story sucked. Yeah, um, there are some amazing things, um, including. A, okay, I'd say like it's fifty percent like amazing stuff. Fifty percent. I was gonna stuff. say a <laughs> lot that's of it, gonna A lot of it game. is just really <laughs> horny shit. The modding community is great mm. in this game, um, and they they really do pump out some interesting things and without the modding i think it wouldn't be on samsung smart tv on their mm-hmm. fridge you know what i mean yeah i get what <laughs> you're saying for sure or on the alexa <laughs> that's the other thing too is yeah. I,
0: I i don't fully understand why this game got so many releases that it did i mean it got its re- original release on xbox 360 ps3 and ps3 then the special edition was released on ps4 xbox one and uh pc again and then it was released on alexa as a joke then it was released on switch and it i can almost 100 percent guarantee you it'll get it'll get like a remaster of some sort or like a and like a 4k upgrade on the xbox series x and the ps5 i don't understand why of all games like bethesda has so many incredible games in its catalog like why of all games is skyrim the one that kind of gets this weird re-release treatment
1: yeah like there are so many good ips that they have but they chose skyrim i think it's got to do with uh the engine like it's still relevant like the, the i don't know system, though because that engine they'd is have to like busted. remake oblivion stuff yeah, but, like, they're working with what they I have. I suppose,
0: yeah. but a studio like Bethesda that, I mean, Microsoft just bought for how many, like, what was it, like something, like a billion dollars or something crazy like that? Like, they have, the, clearly they have the, yeah. the money and the, the staying power to just build a new engine, but, I mean, Bethesda games just have this weird history of, like, saving money on f- few voice actors and an engine that is falling apart. I mean, Fallout 4 runs on the same engine. Fallout 76 runs on it. ESO, I think, runs on it as well. It's just this weird dichotomy where they rely on this engine to build all their games, but at the same time, this engine is like falling apart at the seams and they haven't
1: done anything to fix it. I think it's probably because it worked the best for Skyrim, like with what they had. You know what I mean? Like, they made the engine, obviously, it's falling apart. They don't really give a fuck. So it worked the best on Skyrim, so re release Skyrim a million times because uh, they're maybe trying to like cover up some of the flaws. Yeah, I know. suppose. I could be completely wrong on this, so don't quote me. Don't go around saying, like, oh, yeah, Bethesda is reusing the same engine on Skyrim because they know their dog shit. That is not Well, it's the kind case. of well-known um, at this point that, is, that they really only use the same engine it, it, just
0: because it saves money cuz it it's it's expensive to build right, a, but, a, an entirely new engine from the ground up
1: right but i i also don't want to use the platform that we're creating to like spread a lot of negativity you know so like i'm just saying like don't be like, don't don't take our words and be like, oh yeah, Bethesda's the yeah. worst, you know? <laughs> I think Bethesda does a lot of interesting Even shit. Even though it's a corporation.
0: Like, I mean, Bethesda is also the same yeah. publishing studio behind like Doom and Wolfenstein, which are incredible games, but it's a lot of their like yeah. main IP stuff, like your Fallout and your Elder Scrolls and that kind of ordeal, where it just kind of feels like there isn't as much innovation with a lot of their other things which I think makes sense. Like there are definitely developers out there who have main title series is like I know Assassin's Creed has kind of fallen into that pit of there hasn't been a whole lot of innovation within the last like 5 or so years. Um but a lot of other well, yeah, like but a lot of Hollow. other Ubisoft games uh are super interesting. Like I know Watch Dogs has basically been an entirely different game each iteration. Um but I think I don't know. There's just something about Skyrim that while you can love it and you can certainly learn to love it, there's a lot to want to bounce off of.
1: Yeah, and I just don't think I have the mental capacity or attention to give it as long as it needs to hook me, which I can't fault the game for. That's, that's I do
0: kind of want to pivot away from just talking shit on Skyrim and maybe Bethesda as a company and kind of rotate maybe more towards the things that are good about this game. Uh, the first thing I do kind of want to touch on is I I thoroughly enjoy, uh, I should say, one of my favorite things to do in this game is kind of treat your character as though it's like a D&D character. Uh, it's, this game is really good at letting you just kind of get into your character and like role play a bit like one of my favorite characters to play is like mm-hmm. a stealth archer or one of my most recent playthroughs was a mage that I named Gandalf and uh, the game is really good at <laughs> the game is really good at setting you up to like role play your character like the game you tell the game you want to be a mage okay here's a hundred million different mage armors, here's uh, rings and necklaces that you can enchant, here's enchantments that you can use to, like, buff certain aspects of your spellcasting, and there aren't just, like, certain, like, there's not just one flat magic skill, it's, like, restoration magic, conjuration magic, illusion magic, alteration. Mm -hmm. You want to be a fighter. Okay, here's blocking, here's heavy armor, here's light armor, here's two-handed weapons here's one-handed weapons the game is really good at setting you up to be basically whatever you want right like i mean you can essentially level up whatever skills you want and you can completely ignore others and it won't be of any detriment to you if you're never using them and the game is more than happy to prop you up and just let you do whatever with your character which i really like about this game
1: yeah, I can agree there. It it does set you up nicely to um, be able to do literally whatever you want with your character. And it's like pretty much up to you to like play them how you want and like stick to your guns or, you know, whatever you're, you're going to do there. But um, I know you said we're not going to like keep shitting on it, but I kind of don't like the leveling system. Why not? Uh all the skills, like all the trees and all like the the movement. I've never liked anything like that. Like in Smash Bros, they in the World of Light campaign, they added something like that. A bunch of trees. You have to go through stuff you don't even want to get what you wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's a lot of stuff and it's really confusing and I don't like it. I'm. Obviously, I'm more of a simple guy saying yeah, that. You say that, but, but one of your favorite I, games is Persona 5. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I'm not. Like, they don't have a skill tree in Persona 5. It's base yeah, stats. And then it's like your your attacks can do mm-hmm. whatever.
0: So you just mean, like, as far as skill trees go, like, you would rather it just be, like, a simple thing.
1: Yeah. I, I don't like skill trees. Which kind of makes. It's just a lot of stuff. That you does kind of make sense
0: because I know you, you like. Uh, Fallout New Vegas a lot, and that, quote, skill tree is basically just a list of skills you can pick from. Yeah, exactly. I kind of I kind of do get that. The game doesn't necessarily do a great job of explaining uh, it to you right off the bat, but at the same time, it is kind of like... It, I understand where you're coming from, but at the same time, it does break down all of the skills into different categories. Um, I would argue the only unintuitive thing about that skill tree menu is like navigating it because I mean for those who Hmm. don't know the skill trees are kind of in the shape of constellations so if you like select what the one-handed weapons skill tree it'll be like an arm holding a sword Um, but the way the skills are laid out is it's each of the stars in the constellation which is cool in theory in practice, it is incredibly frustrating yeah. to navigate. I would argue that's the only thing I don't like about this I, country. I,
1: yeah. I actually think it's a very nice touch, the constellation thing, because the game is all about, like, the divinity and, like, the gods. And no, stuff, I. You know? So, like, I, I think that's a I great I 100% touch. agree.
0: I just think navigating it can be kind of a pain. Because you played on PC, so you can just kind of click between yeah. the skills. On console, navigating it with a joystick, yep. you want to go to one skill and it sends you to
1: another. So, yeah, I I totally get that mm-hmm. from when I played on Xbox. I, yeah. I understand. <laughs> um, Just, like, I, I don't think it's, like, the, like, the navigation is, ugh, whatever, I think the biggest issue I have with the leveling is I can't focus Mm -hmm. one thing, right? Well, you can, but, like, I wanted to do destruction magic in my most recent playthrough. Um, I have a preference to use lightning magic, because that's just, like, I, I like that kind of shit. And I have to go through and upgrade, like, every single destruction type elemental, because... If I want to upgrade my destruction, I have to have a certain level in that in order to um, level up a certain thing. So if I'm. If I'm. Like. What, how am I going to word this? If I wanted to, like. Do all lightning, I didn't give a shit about, like, fire or ice. I'd have to either A. Put all my skills in that, or B. Like second or third different other shit that i don't care about still so like going into one-handed even though i'm a mage. Mm-hmm. You know yeah I, mean? I think that that's kind of what i i kind of see that about. yeah for
0: sure um another thing i kind of want to touch on is the game is really good at just i guess i'm really just kind of reiterating a point i made before but i i really enjoy how much the game does set you up to roleplay. I think I'm just gonna harp on this point for a bit because one of my other favorite things to do in the game is just hoard all of the like expensive shit you get. So like rings, necklaces, yeah, the like tiaras. They give you the crowns or whatever they're called. Jewels, money. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is uh, the Hearthfire DLC lets you just build a house like from scratch, and I just like to have the storage mm. room built and then just hoard all of my wealth and shit in that room and just accumulate this wealth. And then I like to have like, an armory where I can display all the like cool armor sets I get for doing any of the like interesting side-faction stuff for the DLC things. Uh, I like to have an enchantment room where I build the weapon racks and I hang up all of the like cool enchanted weapons I enchant. I really love how the game is like, okay, here's all this cool shit you collect. Depending on your playstyle, you're not going to use any of it. So here, here's a DLC that is literally made for you to just, like, display this stuff. I fucking love doing that. Uh, I love how, like, kind of like I said, the game, like, especially in some of the side quest stuff and the DLC stuff, it gives you a lot of cool gear. Like, in the Dragonborn DLC, you get Mirax armor set, or you get the Nightingale armor set in the Thieves Guild. Um Mm -hmm. or you get some cool dark brotherhood weapons and it's like here's all this stuff if you're not using it here's a a a spot in your house that you will probably be returning to pretty frequently to like hang it up and display it and while it may not be there for like other people to explore and look at because it's a single player game it's cool to just kind of look back at it as though it's like your character is reflecting on the memories of these adventures that it's been on
1: yeah i can see uh I can see that aspect, Uh, but we're, like, the opposite in that regard because anything I'm not using flies out of my inventory and turns into gold coins. The game also
0: sets you up for that pretty well, too, because you could just go to any town and there's, like, three or four shops you could just sell shit at.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've never bought a house in Skyrim ever, so I'm kind of a homeless person in the Elder Scrolls' eyes.
0: I think that's kind of the thing about skyrim is in order to get into it and i know i i told you this cuz you came to me when the playthrough first started and you were like dude i can't fucking do this and i i told you i was like here's what i do i like to when i make my character i think what kind of playthrough do i want to do and i i role play that character and so i think part of the attraction for me in this game is that i can just kind of like role play whatever character I want to play you know what I mean
1: yeah and uh I I actually did take your advice I Mm -hmm. remember telling you and uh it it made the game a little more bearable I was able to play a little bit more um and honestly playing as that character is what kept me going pretty much so I completely understand where Mm -hmm. you're coming from with that like, like if one.
0: you there are certain games like I would say The Witcher is like this where it's maybe not set up as like a a role playing game in like it is set up as an RPG in the sense that it's like an open world and here's a character you get to play as you don't really have a whole lot of room to play with though as far as the role playing aspect goes but in games like Skyrim and the earlier Fallout games where the characters are silent you can essentially just like give your own character a voice whether it's out loud or in your head or play your character in any way that you want and I think that is kind of what the main appeal of Bethesda games are as far as Fallout and uh, Elder Scrolls go.
1: For sure. Um, one thing I'd like to uh, touch on that I actually did enjoy about the game is the uh, soundtrack mm-hmm. is very good. I did, I, I did like um, the Dragonborn uh, track, I liked, um, just like the ambient noise is good, like all in all, it really sets the uh, stage for fantasy, in my opinion, and uh, yeah, I, I did enjoy the soundtrack, so. The soundtrack day, is yeah. very good,
0: it's it's kind of surprising, cause, I mean, to be fair, the rest of the game isn't incredible, there are a lot of iffy parts of the game, but the soundtrack does kind of stand out among a lot of fans that I know who play this game, uh, and they just kind of like to hang out and listen to like the the music, like the the music that plays at night is just it's very calm and soothing, and it's it's kind of nice to just wander around and like explore the map and just listen to the music that plays in the background.
1: Yeah, I have to give the game that too. The atmosphere it is, is incredible. Phenomenal. Like, like, if I'm not doing anything, usually I'm the type of player that'll just go straight to the, um, the quest location and get all that done, but on the off chance that I have to walk somewhere, it is actually quite pleasant, so long as there's not a mountain in my way. (laughs) Like, the, the woods by where the first, um, Dark Brotherhood, uh cave is like that place is an amazing area like it's foggy there's rivers running through bunch of evergreen trees i like that
0: the game is also kind of nice because it doesn't necessarily just hand everything to you right away uh kind of going back to that dark brotherhood area if you just happen to stumble into that the door where the brotherhood sanctuary is you can't enter it because it requires a password. So if you try to give it just a random password and you don't know it, you, I mean, you just can't go in. Mm. But all of a sudden you're like maybe five or six more hours into the game, you're in Windhelm for whatever reason. And you enter some, you hear some like villagers talking about like, oh, there's this kid, like he's locked himself in his parents' old house. I wonder what he's doing. So you're like, okay, let me go explore that. You walk into the house, and the kid is trying to perform the Black Sacrament to summon the Dark Brotherhood, and you just do that quest for him because he assumes that you're part of the Dark Brotherhood. You do the quest, and then you're like, "Oh, I, I, I feel like getting the Well Rested bonus for my character, which gives you like a plus five in stamina or something like that." So you sleep, and then you wake up, and you're all of a sudden in this hut, and someone from the Dark Brotherhood has like kidnapped you and you're forced to make this choice to to kill one of these dark brotherhood targets that they have laid out in front of you and then all of a sudden the the dark brotherhood person who kidnapped you they give you a password you go back to that door you can get in it now the game is it is so good at just giving you like very subtle hints to things you can do and just kind of letting you explore that like some of my favorite things to do are just listen to the things that people say around you like the the just automatic dialogue that happens whenever you pass somebody or just like random conversations that people are having as you walk past them and then it gives you something like in your map or it gives you a a side quest you can do that is easily one of also one of my favorite parts of this game
1: speaking of um wind i'd say some of these cities in-game are amazing, too. Like, Windhelm is awesome. It has a great, like, layout, and it's all snowy, and it, it's architecturally amazing. Mm-hmm. Same with Markarth, I'm pretty sure, right? That's the yes. d- dwarven one? Like, yep. the one that's, like, vertical? Yeah, I like that. Oh, my God. Like, some of these cities are cool. Like, Whiterun is kind of boring, but that's just because it's, you know the first city you really go to that's like mm-hmm. the base is it the capital no city? that's Solitude. No, that's not it yeah solitude is great too that's
0: true all of the like big holds in this game are like they're all completely different like markarth it comes from an old it's an old dwarven city and people just happen to move into it uh riften is kind of like the criminal mm-hmm. underworld of skyrim uh solitude is where like the empire is and where the empire resides when uh Cyrodiil is doing whatever uh Run is kind of like a vanilla area because it's the starting area so of course it's going to be um Falkreath is like oh like a very woody village because that's just kind of what its economy is based from like the locations that the game gives you especially like some of the bigger ones mainly like we kind of talked about earlier how the dungeons are a lot of the same stuff but the important areas of the game that it wants to show you are all very distinct
1: yeah i can definitely uh agree with that there just like i don't know like any big landmark just completely breathtaking <laughs> like the game is For beautiful sure.
0: I do want to ask you a question though because i don't think we've actually touched on it yet what kind of character did you play and what did you enjoy playing about them
1: i played a like a strict mage uh, kind of chaotic uh, Mm -hmm. character Um, i never had any gold because he was uh, way too invested in his studies so if i saw a uh, book Um, With any type of... uh, Or a tome, I should say. Um, No matter how much money it was, he would either sell all his shit and buy it, or he would just buy it straight out. So um, he was poor, but he was very magically inclined. And uh, I I liked that. Like like setting fake rules Mm -hmm. in-game, because that's what your character would do. So running back around to the role-play aspect... Um, I don't know, just, like, messing around with all the spells is nice. Like, I was mainly destruction, but, um, like, alteration's good. Like, oak flesh is amazing, um, especially in tight situations, and, um, uh, clairvoyance is helpful, trying to get to where you need to go. Probably could have used that, um, when I was, like, ten. <laughs> but, you know, um, I don't know, It it was fun. Like, the magic's fun to explore. I played so many sneak archers in my uh, RBG times that it's, uh... I've, I've kind of, like, given up mm-hmm. on that regard. Yeah. You know? And so it was refreshing to play. Amazing. Skyrim
0: is kind of, like, known for being the game that created the sneak archer archetype. Like a lot of like basically the joke among skyrim fans is you start a new playthrough and you're telling yourself like oh i'm gonna do like a warrior i'm gonna do a nord warrior that uses a shield and a, a broad sword and he only wears heavy armor and this this and this and then you just kind of like it's basically like a drug addiction you just relapse back into being a stealth archer because that's what you know and it it makes you feel safe you know what i mean so that that's kind of Skyrim's yeah. fault for setting up that archetype, for sure.
1: It's by far the easiest mm-hmm. way to play the game. Play.
0: Stealth is very much so favored in this game.
1: Yeah, um, which is why I wanted to deviate from it, because I realized that in other playthroughs, I was getting away with shit being a sneak archer at level 5, where being a upright magician and flashy all the time, um, not being able to sneak around... I was having trouble with those things at, like, level 12, you know? So it was yeah. interesting. For
0: sure. Interesting I see. had that kind of same experience in my most recent playthrough for the, the show. Um, I played as a an orc, like, berserker type. So I, would, I dual-wielded the whole game, had, like, little to no armor. I only wore, like, gauntlets, boots, and a, a chest piece that only covered, like, my bottom half. So I had no shirt on. That was my rule, if you remember, is that I couldn't wear a shirt. It was not allowed. It was off the table. Yeah. Um, but I, I also kind of fell into the problem of, like, most of my playthroughs throughout the years have been, like, stealth archers. So it was very interesting to, like, play basically the exact opposite. Like, a character that just runs in and tries to kill everything right away. And I realized that I... I needed to just dump all of like the skill points that I got into like health and stamina because those are the things that I'm using. I never once touched magic cuz I never used it. Um but even then like I would just get destroyed cuz I mean of course I would. I'm running in with like two axes and just trying to kill everybody when in reality I've got like five people around me all hitting me at the same time. So you have to kind of think about okay, yeah. well this approach clearly isn't working. How do I approach it differently? when in reality what I'm doing is just trying to figure out different ways of trying to murder everybody without getting murdered myself.
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh, one one drawback to my mage is, again, with the leveling, I had to put everything into magic, otherwise my character was mm-hmm. obsolete, which kind of sucked, and I had constantly low health because I only had 100 at all times. You know? Yeah, for sure. So that, that I like sucked. that
0: they give you the option to individually level up like magicka health and stamina like you can when you first level up for those of you who don't know uh the first thing that pops up before you can even think about allocating your skill points is it gives you an option to put 10 more points into magicka health or stamina and i would argue 10 like you were saying like it's not enough like it it, it would have made more sense had they done it like an exponential thing like the higher level you get the more points you can allocate but, I mean, 10 points, yeah. especially after a certain point, like, once you hit level 50, like, 10 points isn't doing anything for you. It's, and early levels, mm-hmm. too. It's like...
1: It's, it's true.
0: Early levels, it's not enough. And later levels, it's too little. You know what I, mean? I basically just said the same thing. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's... Like, 10 points is not yeah. enough. It should have been, like, 20 <laughs>
1: minimum. Yeah. Uh, it's just, like... I, I don't like having to put all my points into one thing and then constantly dying because I can't do anything about it, you know? Like, I don't have enough points. And then you go and grind, and you have to grind out, like, ten levels. Um, and it's, like, mm-hmm. the same thing. For me, at least, because I still only had 100 HP. I just had, like, 400 Even
0: HP. then, though, like, you're not even grinding out, like, your level specifically. You're grinding out the levels for each skill, so you have to figure out like what skills you want to grind in order to level up your character but of course the higher your skill gets the less it's going to level up which means the less xp you're going to get because you're not relying on just killing enemies and completing quests to get experience you're relying on using these skills like using destruction magic or using one-handed to level up destruction or one-handed weapons to level up your experience bar, which easily makes it take, like, two times longer, it feels like.
1: A very shitty thing about Magic too, is that... uh, Destruction, specifically, I should say, is uh, there isn't anything to boost your damage. Um, It's all like, oh, you have the same damage, but you can do it for twice as long, but it's not going to do anything because you're still dying as fast because you're not doing extra damage. There is... There is a skill that allows you to do novice types of destruction magic uh, with two hands for an, like a better attack. But it, it, that just means I can't have one healing, one damage. I'm constantly having to do all damage at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that sucked for me.
0: That's kind of... I agree with you. Like There are definitely a lot of skills in the game that just aren't flat damage increases, which is a little annoying. But that's kind of what enchanting is for uh but it doesn't explain that to you super great like if you just never touch enchanting like you would have no idea there are a million and a half different enchantments you can do in this game but if you just don't explore it you're just going to assume it's not very good um but i agree
1: which i never yeah like mages kind
0: of depend on (laughs) using enchantments to buff the damage that they do for sure and I think had the game explained that better, you would have understood that more. Right. Um, well, that's that's about all I have to say about Skyrim. One of my favorite games of all time that we basically just spent an hour talking shit on. Uh, what about you? Well,
1: <laughs> you you've kind of spent a lot of this defending uh, your ground. I mean, there are things that you agreed with me on, but you've you've had mostly nice things to say. I've been shitting on it more. So no, I'm no, sorry no. I that.
0: I was actually really excited to kind of come in and hear like what your thoughts were on the game, just because any Skyrim fan understands like this isn't going to be one of those games that if you recommend to someone they don't like, they're a bad person for not liking the game. It is 100 percent understandable why you wouldn't like this game, because it. as much as I love it, it is deeply, deeply flawed. I do, I do want to kind of finish um, our discussion of the game by giving like a summary on what we feel and if we would recommend it or not. Um, I think while the game is deeply flawed in a lot of ways, I think it has a lot to give to you if you know how to play it. Uh, I personally would recommend it, but I wouldn't go into it expecting it to be this like great video game i think it has a lot of issues but if you can kind of look past them it's a lot of fun to just like sit down and role play a character and just do whatever you want i personally would recommend it
1: i on the other hand think that it may be a classic and it does have a lot of things to offer um if you have the attention span to do it and if you can really wrap your head around its mechanics it it can be a good game um but personally i don't think i recommend it i mean like it's a go for it if you want to but i i don't think i uh can wholeheartedly say that everyone's going to enjoy this game
0: all right so with that we are now going to move on to the part of the show where we reveal what the next game will be. Uh, because I picked Skyrim for this episode, Declan, my co-host, is going to be the one who reveals the game. I don't know what the game will be. That's the point. I'm not going to know when I reveal games. Declan's not going to know. So this is the first time I'm going to be hearing this.
1: I am I'm very excited to uh, see a reaction um, when I say this. Um, so without further ado, we're moving from AAA oh, to boy. Indie in this title. One of my favorite games of all time, Darkest Dungeon.
0: That's good. Alright, I'm fucking down for this. I love a good roguelike, and I I want to get into this game for sure. So I'm super excited to play.
1: This is easily my favorite game. Like, I, I don't know if it's my favorite, favorite game, but it's definitely like way up there in my indie titles. I have put so much time in this game, I love it. So I'm excited to um yeah i'm super this.
0: excited to get into it all right uh with that that's the end of the show um declan do you have anything you want to
1: plug uh not really <laughs> i mean <laughs> uh i guess uh no uh not not at the moment thank you though <laughs>
0: all right um okay well i do have a couple things i'd like to plug so we have a twitter that is at call a save point uh, we also have an email. We would like to do listener questions for future episodes. Uh, it could be a question about this game or other games that we may cover in the future. If you ever end up going to listen to our back catalog, if we have one in the future, um, please uh, send an email to callasavepointpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to, to hear from you. you. Uh, I imagine this first episode will kind of go up on SoundCloud until we figure out how to kind of distribute it onto other platforms. Yeah. Uh, but we appreciate you, you listening. This was fun. This was fun to record.
1: Yep. Yeah, for sure. Can't wait for the next one. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, so with that drink water, wear a mask, don't be dumb. Stay yeah. cool. <laughs> Stay cool. Stay frosty, people. All right, goodbye. (laughs) Bye.